Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, Storyteller. This week, I wanted to urge you one last time to vote for network members the RPG Academy and Melvin Smith's Geekery in the Any Awards, as well as Gnome Stew, a site to which member Senda contributes regularly, and a site that I have visited on a regular basis for years. This episode is kind of a love letter to dramatic shonen set-piece fights, but in classic Swallows of the South fashion, things didn't go exactly as you might expect that they would. Our lunch this week is with the venerable Raghura Vijay. May he rest in peace. I'm really excited to get this episode out to you, so here we go. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Godwin stood face to face with Raghura Prema, Ajax with Cessus Min, and Ariston with Tepet Harmonious Accord. As the battle reached its fever pitch, who would leave alive? Who would emerge victorious? Would family obligations be upheld? Or vendettas settled. As Ariston now reaches the top of the pyramid, he finds Harmonious Accord already perched, dropping into a low stance, like the one that he took over the top of the city of Zhao Wei. Wind and lightning are beginning to swirl around his form and crackle, and he is pulling the chakram out from his belt, and it is starting to float in his hand. So, are you ready to get this started or what? I've been ready for a long time. Are you sure about that? I don't think you understand exactly what's at stake here, do you? What would you like to tell me? That I hope that this is fun, but I suppose that I'm not exactly counting on it. Who says it can't be fun? Oh, I said I'm hoping. I'm just not necessarily putting my stock and faith in the fact that it will be. You know what the fun thing about the disappearance of the Scarlet Empress is? What? Well, it happened around the same time that the Anathema started coming back. And, well, new Anathema, that's scary. No one knows what to do. The Empress is gone. We haven't been wild hunting quite as well. So they have to find new, novel solutions. And they take people like me. People who didn't exactly fit in well with the rest of their talons in the tepid legions. People who had just a little bit too much of an edge, and they sent us off to the Immaculate Order. And they trained us. And they give us powers, powers that the Empress wouldn't have let us learn back when she was in control, but now there's no one to stop us. I don't really care if you're a demon or not. That's not important. What's important is that I have a chance to have my fun. So don't disappoint me. <laughs> oh, I don't think I will. And I'm counting on having a bit of my own fun. It's funny I haven't said that in a long time. Maybe this is a chance for me to finally have some. So... The top of the pyramid itself is golden and smooth, and there are essentially four small pillars that come up at the corners of the pyramid that kind of stabilize the architecture. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, it's a relatively smooth, long surface without much ornamentation. Okay. You are standing at what is probably short range to harmonious accord right now in mechanical terms. Okay. Are you going to do anything else right now, or is it time to roll join battle? It's time to roll join battle. Awesome. Let's cut to Ajax and Min. We cut to the sort of half stone, half golden ruins that sit on the edges of the gilded pyramid. It is sunken, almost kind of like a large ditch or moat in which these buildings reside, and the top 
of the edges around this are lined with the 500 soldiers of the realm over whom Min has direct control. They are all sneering and waving banners with the House Cessus Mon on it, chanting and cheering as you two arrive in the middle of this broken ruinscape. You are somewhat between two large buildings as Min turns to you, reaching for her diaclaves. I guess it's time then, isn't it? Time to get on with the show? Is this all that is to you, a show? No. I thought I was very, very clear. This is all about honor, all about glory. This is about House Cessus. That's why they're all watching. You think House Cessus will get the honor from this? The glory? You're just going to get beaten. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. They picked me special. I wasn't even a monk, and they sought me out. They told me that I was important enough to get trained for the Wild Hunt, to get trained in the martial arts. They wouldn't have let us do this back in the day, you know. Back when the Empress was ruling? No. But now things are different. Now they can see how special I am. And you can see how glorious how Cessus is. Well, then I guess we'd better see how this battle's going to turn out. I already know how this battle's going to turn out. Flame begins to flick around her blades as she drops into a stance and then leaps forward toward you. Roll join battle. Let's cut back to Godwin and Prema. The flakes of gold dust begin to settle as Prema puts down her gormal. She tilts her head and you can hear this enormous cracking. She looms over you. Her size is absolutely immense. And as she sets the gormal down, she reaches up toward her helmet and begins to slowly remove it. It drops to the ground with an enormous thud. It too pulls gold flakes down from the floor of the plaza and sends them spiraling around in a small eddy. She has fine features. Her skin is smooth and dark. There are veins of red and black which course underneath it. Like Sardonyx, her hair is black and long but tied up into a bun to hold within her helmet. And something that is very, very different from Vijay, but very noticeably present in Prema's countenance, is her eyes. Vijay's eyes were a grayish brown. Prema's eyes are geometric, sharp, and purple, like cut amethyst. So, you seem to have an awful lot to say about my brother. You said that we'd talk about it one-on-one, when everyone else had disappeared. And we see, though they are standing one-on-one and relatively close, the plaza itself is still ringed with realm soldiers. Not so many as had been there before as a contingent went off with each combatant, but they do, in fact, still ring the arena. Is this even technically a one-on-one? Look at all these people. These people that don't know what you and I know. Oh, they know enough. They know, for example, that uh, the Wild Hunt exists to do the right and just thing, which is to say, kill the anathema. And we all well know that you are counted among their number. So, is this one-on-one? We're going to be the only two people fighting. I can assure you of that. But someone needs to bear witness to the events of today. And I haven't any ways to send them. Now, there's no need to fight right off the bat, but trust me about the witnesses that you'll be able to see my power for miles. I've heard stories about the light, about what happens when the anathema start unleashing their powers. That's no surprise to me. I know what to expect. 
That does not mean that my powers are not something to be reckoned with. That does not mean that the own force of my own essence is not something that is a thing of terror and a thing of violence. I recognize that you consider yourself to be a thing of terror and a thing of violence, but I ask you, why do we have to bring in terror and violence? I killed your brother and I don't want to have to kill you. I am going to have to kill you, not because you killed Vijay. You killing Vijay has everything to do with everything that's wrong with the anathema, with why you're a problem in the first place, why the immaculate texts were written. It's tangential. I'm very, very upset. Do not misunderstand me. But I've been trained to try to put aside these personal emotions and to think about my duty to the realm and to the natural order. And that's what I'm going to do. The natural order says, you are corrupt, you are aberrations, and you will stop at nothing until not only my brother is dead, but my family, my friends, my house, and the whole of creation is held under your boot. That's why I must fight you. Now, see, you've got it wrong. I didn't want to kill your brother until he started messing with the city, started messing with the homes that people here claim as their own, with the stories and the lives that people shape. Your brother was set to destroy things that I care about, things that are important to the city, and I had a duty to stop him, and I did. And I may have been reckless. I may have done something that I regret in killing him. But in the time, it was what I had to do, and it was what was right. And I will always know that it was what was right for the city, even if it may not have been what was right for me or right for Vijay. It was what I had to do. Do you even know why we came here? And what is your guile score? Four. Okay, she's going to be rolling nine dice to determine whether or not you have an intimacy toward the city of Jaway. She rolled two successes, so no dice there, but her question stands. Do you know why we even came here in the first place? You came because for some convoluted reason that I don't understand, you think that I'm a monster? You think that I am here for the sole purpose of enjoying murder? You think you know me and my friends? So clearly, you haven't been listening. Accord was talking about it earlier. He was very clear. You, the anathema... You are not the sole reason that we came here. You're tangential. There were murmurings, yes, but they wouldn't send people like us to deal with murmurings. There was something else that we were after, and that's why Vijay was sent. Do you know what House Ragara does in the realm? Do you know what our role is? We're merchants. We control trade. We control the flow of economy, of money, of power. That's what we do. Now I, I don't have that many material holdings. I'm a simple monk after all. But... I was sent here under the auspices of my house. Vijay was sent here under the auspices of our house. Think about that. Why would that be? Look, if you were sent here as merchants, why was Vijay tearing the city apart? Tearing the city apart? He was having a couple of diplomatic meetings. I'd hardly call them diplomatic. Do you even know what happened behind closed doors with the lovers? I've been behind closed doors with the lovers. I am the lovers. Don't think that you know me and you know the city's story. Don't think that you know my brother and what he was doing. He brought a small contingent of soldiers as protection in case anything happened like, oh, I don't know, a blockade by some river pirates? We know that that's a problem around here. We were offering protection to the lovers. We were going to help out. But apparently you don't care about that. You don't care about protection or security. 
the river pirates had no intention to hurt the lovers. I'm not talking specifically about the lovers. I'm talking about the entire city. We had to protect the entire city by going through the lovers. That's what Vijay was talking to them about. That's what he was trying to secure. And you failed at it. Maybe because your intentions weren't the right way to approach it. Because when he was on his way to finalize an agreement, you stopped him in the street and you murdered him in cold blood. That's why it failed. It's not about you being some righteous defender. It's about you being vile scum. Look, I saw the way Vijay was approaching things and I did what I had to do. Maybe your brother could have done things differently and maybe he would have lived. But he did things the way he did with violence and pushing people out of their homes and making the city feel unsafe. So you speak for the city now. I came at Vijay with an intention to kill because he came at me with an intention to kill. I don't want to come at you with that way. Every single report I've received indicates... You have biased reports. You weren't there. You don't know. No, but Iselsi Mayumi was. And I have every reason to believe that she's been exacting and thorough in every single report that she's sent me. I have every reason to believe that she hasn't been. Again, she is going to try to read intentions. Mm -hmm. Seeing if you have any intimacies towards Iselsi Mayumi. Okay. Oh, and why would that be? So again, she got three successes, which still does not beat Godwin's Guile. You keep saying that you know people, but I think you hardly know them at all. You were too busy being removed from the world as a monk. And you come here acting like you know because people have told you, but you don't know that people lie. That people have their own ways of interpreting stories. That people have their own intentions behind saying things differently than the way they went. You've just described, in short, the entire purpose of my job. People misinterpret the Immaculate Texts all the time. Have you ever heard of Prasad? Small city-state down in the Dreaming Sea. They've convinced themselves that they are not servants. Their princes of the earth are not princes, but kings. They think that they are as gods. We've tried to correct them, but that's difficult. I haven't had any dealings with Prasad just yet. Not personally. We tolerate them, but there are heretics around who worship gods, corrupt beings who suck every piece of their will from them because they don't know any better, because they're being lied to by gods, or because they've taken some strange interpretation of the Immaculate Texts that says that giving them an undue slice of their worship is okay, is just, is in good faith. I know that people lie, and I know that people misunderstand. I'm not seeing a lot of direct evidence for the assertions you are making, though. I think you should just stay in your monk home and stick to your textbooks instead of trying to interpret the world and changing the lives of people for the worse. The Shikari of the Wild Hunt were never intended to sit and study quietly. The princes of the earth were never intended to sit and study quietly. We are faces. We are personalities. We are forces. For the faith? For the empire? No. To sit and quietly study texts that I've already done my time with. That's anathema to everything that I've been raised to do. What I've been raised to do is to stop people like you. And since you won't budge, I won't either. Like so many before you, you fail to see the error of your ways. And she reaches for her gormal and lunges toward you. Roll join battle. Let's cut to Ariston and Harmonious Accord. Ariston twists his feet into the ground and his hands are at his sides 
they start to lightly twitch his fingers and he looks down at his hands he starts to smile and he feels calm he doesn't feel anything else just calm and harmonious accord smiles stooping lower into his stance as he moves the chakram back and forth between his two hands lightning crackling across its surface roll join battle Remember that because of Ariston's wound penalties, you're at a minus one, but you are getting a one dot stunt here, so add two dice. Okay. Ariston got two successes. So his starting initiative is five. And here is Harmonious Accord. He's going to be spending some motes in order to boost his pool. So Harmonious Accord rolled two successes, making his starting initiative five. Thank you, gods. You are at short range from each other. <laughs> All right. So you need to announce what you're going to do at the same time. Ariston is going to do vicious lunge and grab Harmonious Accord around the neck. And he is going to try to move back a range band and aim. So if you're going to want to be able to keep on him, mm-hmm. you are going to actually need to make a rush action. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then use Vicious Lunge. Okay. So first, Ariston is going to use Lightning Speed and attempt to keep on Harmonious Accord. Excellent. So go ahead and roll your Dexterity plus Athletics to rush him. And he is going to bolster his response with something that allows him to double nines on his movement. And then he's going to get uh, two extra dice from his Excellency. So he's going to be rolling nine dice with one automatic success. Ariston is going to spend motes to increase his dice pool back up to eight because he was at a penalty from earlier and it hurt the flurry. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Ariston got six successes. So now here he goes. He also got six. Ariston leaps forward and Harmonious Accord ducks out of the way dropping into a deeper stance and holding up his chakram. Now, I thought you said that you were looking to have fun too. Is cat and mouse not fun? It's not my type of fun, but I can get used to it. Well, let the games begin. Let's cut to Ajax and Min. So you can spend Excellency Dice to enhance this, and you do have double nines on the roll. I'm going to add five out of my personal. So what is your total join battle roll? 13. Awesome. So go ahead and roll those 13 dice. All right. So tell us how many successes you got. A whopping three. He got a nine and a seven. This is not... Oh my god. Okay. So now Min is going to roll, and she is going to enhance her join battle with four motes from her personal pool. Her personal pool is now empty, by the way, but she's going to be rolling 11 dice. All right, here come that roll. She rolled eight successes. I had more dice. You had more dice. She rolled eight successes, so her starting initiative is 11, and Ajax's is five. It's at the top of the round, and Sessismin is going to activate a charm that lets her roll her initiative in order to increase her tick order and give her some extra bonuses. 
She again rolled eight successes on that. Fortunately, it doesn't mean she really gets to move up in the initiative order because she's already there. Like hellfire, faster than Ajax was even ready to prepare for, Min's blades are covered in this flaming wreath as she slams down on him, strike after strike, and then pushes immediately toward his solar plexus with her blades, and from the tips of her blades, an enormous gout of flame spreads around Ajax, surrounding him in a bonfire. She's making a decisive attack and using a number of charms. What's going to happen is that if she lands a successful decisive attack, she's going to ignite a bonfire around you. She's going to add your essence to the raw damage of the attack, and she is going to be able to double nines on a one-for-one basis on the roll. Because of her fire flash technique that she used at the beginning of the round, she is going to double tens on her decisive damage rolls and gain two initiative before attacking. How is Ajax going to try to defend himself? You are at a minus two onslaught penalty to your evasion because of her higher initiative score. And I will remind you that you can, one, stunt your defense, and two, spend willpower to increase it higher. So as she comes, trying to land these blows, Ajax takes out his bow, and he kind of holds it above him, trying to use it to block her her diclave away. And he kind of crouches down in a stance ready to try to jump out of the way. And at the same time, his cast mark is already glowing along with his eyes, but it starts glowing brighter and leaves in orange, white, and red start falling around him. Awesome. I love it. So that will give you a two-dot stunt. So your base evasion will increase to five, and you are at nine, correct? Because you are spending eight motes to increase your parry by four? Yeah. Awesome. So now she's going to roll 20 dice. So she rolled eight successes, so since she is a dragon blood and has access to the dragon-blooded excellency, she's going to spend a willpower and two additional motes. She rolled three nines, so she's going to double all three of those nines, and then she's going to get to re-roll two of her dice that came up as failures because of her dragon-blooded excellency. Damn it. Oh, no. She jumps... <laughs> Oh my god. So she jumps from 8, which is just enough to not hit, to 11, which means she lands this decisive attack. She is going to be rolling 15 dice with double 10s. She got 4 successes. She could have done a lot, lot worse. But Ajax is now down to his first minus 2 health box. As this fire begins to burn and erupt around her, I told you, I'm not patient. I told you I wanted to get this on the way. Now just die already. And it's Ajax's turn. He must now make an immediate dexterity plus dodge roll against a difficulty five. But he's at a minus two penalty because of his wound boxes. Oh, thank God. So that's six successes. Okay, so you manage to maneuver yourself around the gout of flame. You're still very nearby, and it's still an ever-present threat. You're going to have to take a disengage action at a minus two success in order to get away, but it is your turn. What do you do? So Ajax, kind of hurt by the flame and by the blows, 
tries to get as far away as he can, not moving very quickly, but just trying to get away long enough that he can use his anima power and leave the battle. So what exactly does the twilight anima power that you're activating do? My anima flares blue and white and consumes my body over the course of the round. And on the next turn, I vanish and I cease to exist. So Ajax's body begins to flicker and flare as the leaves of his anima pass and flutter around. Let's cut back to Godwin and Prema. Godwin will use Inspiring Battle Hymn, which allows him to re-roll all ones for joint battle. And if he wins joint battle, he regains a point of temporary willpower. Excellent. Let's re-roll that one. That is six successes. Six successes means that he is at nine base initiative. And Prima is going to put two motes of her own essence towards enhancing her joint battle. And she's going to get a stunt bonus for lunging at your boy. And she took seven successes, making her starting initiative ten to Godwin's nine. So it is the top of the first round. You can see an intense and sharp sheen on the stony surface of Prema's skin, which slowly began to creep over her skin over the course of the conversation. She already has her earth dragon form active, so she is going to pick up her Gormal step forward and drop her stance very low and try to bring it down over Godwin's head, sending him crashing into the ground. She is going to be making a smashing attack first and foremost, which means that she's going to be one point lower in defense for the next round and that she's going to be two points lower in initiative after she makes the attack. And then she is going to spend four motes on her excellency, and she's going to use a charm called Force of the Mountain, which will add two dice to its post-soak damage. You are looking at her rolling a pool of 18 dice against your highest applicable defense. What will you do to defend? Godwin is going to use Harmony in Opposition Stance, which is going to cost him three motes and one willpower, and will last throughout the scene. He will sync up with an enemy and may always apply full evasion against said enemy. Anything else? Excellencies, willpower... He's going to add four motes to rebuke against her. So you are at seven, and here goes 18 dice. That is eight successes, meaning she only rolled over by one as her Gormal slams into Godwin's back as soft, granular, black and red stone begins to pulsate and emerge from her anima banner. So after Godwin's soak of five, she drops down to 14 base damage, but her force of the mountain brings her up to 16, so she's rolling 16 dice of withering damage. So she rolled five successes, which brings Godwin now down to four initiative, and it brings Prema up to 14. It is now Godwin's turn. What's he going to do? I will let you know right now that as you start the round, you are lured and pressed against the ground, prone from Prima's previous attack. At eight and a half feet tall, she looms over you like a mountain eclipsing the sun, and you basically can't take a move action, and if you try to make any attacks right now, they're going to be at a minus three penalty, you would need to take a combat action in order to rise from prone, and that would involve making a check in order to stay up. Dexterity plus dodge check against, I believe, a difficulty of two to rise. I'll take that. Excellent. Are you going to enhance that by doing anything? No. Then go ahead and roll dex plus dodge. 
Godwin's going to let his body get thrown in like Mufasa to the hyenas. Or the wildebeest. Well, we got a two. So Godwin slowly rises up from the ground. Let's cut to Ariston and Harmonious Accord. So it is the top of the round, and you are at short range from each other still because you zeroed out on your movements. Okay. Again, we kind of have to declare what everyone's going to do. Yes. And what he's going to do is attack you with his chakram, and he's going to supplement it with something that will double the nines on his damage roll. Mm-hmm. As well as something that if it hits you and deals more damage than your stamina, you will receive a cumulative minus one penalty on all physical actions for the rest of the scene. Okay, yeah, Arison's going to use Vicious Lunge again in an attempt to succeed in actually grappling him. So as a flurry and gust of wind begins to emerge out from behind and around Harmonious Accord, his blue-green chakram comes flying rapidly towards Ariston's gut with explosive force. Ariston jumps out of the way and is going to, when he lands, come at Harmonious Accord, grab him around the neck, and spin him to where he's facing away. Awesome. That's going to be... A one dot stunt for both parties. And when you think about spending excellency dice, I want you to know that because of his air dragon form, which is currently active, he gets three automatic successes to the roll because he aimed. And that's what happens when you aim with air dragon form. Okay. Erson is going to spend 10 modes to increase his dice pool to 18. And he's going to go iconic because of that. Awesome. So describe again for everyone, even though we heard it in a recent episode, your iconic anima. And you're actually going to be at 17 dice because you still have that pesky minus one penalty. Right. Okay. The light comes out like a rushing of the tide fast and then pulls back in like blue and green flecks. But then a large form of the killer whale again jumps in a black and white light. So the colors like black, white, blue and green are all over. Awesome. 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 So go ahead and roll that up. Ariston got 10 successes. All right, and let's see if Harmonious Accord can beat 10. So he rolled nine base successes, but he is going to spend a willpower to activate one of his anima effects, and he's going to spend two motes to re-roll two dice. God damn it. Oh, damn it. Thanks a lot. (laughs) This is such a good roll. Oh, no. I thought he was only going to roll one, and then, because stunts, Ariston would have taken it, but... No, now Ariston's dead. He rolled... uh, I can't do math now, because I'm so flustered. That's 12 successes. So he only gets to roll a certain number of dice to damage you, and that number of dice is seven. But his damage roll does have double nines. Yep. So here's his damage roll. So that is a base damage of five, which will put Ariston into initiative crash, launching Harmonious Accord up to 11 initiative. And because he won the clash attack, Ariston actually takes an additional minus three to his initiative for losing. So is that negative three? Harmonious Accord, his chakram slams into Ariston's gut and pushes him back. And his feet 
drives into the gold that is the flooring on the roof of the pyramid, and he slides back to the very, very edge of the roof. We can see the camera overhead looking at the long fall to the next level below. Harmonious Accord smiles as Ariston is put so off balance. Mmm. Now I've got you just where I want you. Never like to stay in one place for long. He licks his lips, and it's the top of the next round. Let's cut to Ajax and Min, and we bring ourselves to the top of the next round. Everybody regains five motes. Before Ajax can disappear, he's going to need to make another dexterity plus dodge roll at a minus two to avoid the continuing flames of the fire. That's six successes. So Min begins to cackle as Ajax moves through the flames, and it's not until he's almost on the other side and she is sliding around to catch him that she sees that he is becoming immaterial. Don't you dare do that! You're going to stay here and fight this out! Sorry, maybe another time. And he blinks out of existence. Let's cut back to Godwin and Prema. It's Prema's turn again, at 14 initiative. Godwin is still at 4. You talk an awful big game for someone who doesn't seem to be able to hold his own very well. It might be worth thinking about running away. I just held my own right now. You didn't knock me down. I invite you to try again. I knocked you down. This time, though, you're not going to get back up. So she is going to flurry a threaten action and another smashing attack. What is Godwin's resolve score? It's three. You need to invest in integrity, buddy. She is going to spend four motes on this action, so she's going to be rolling 12 dice against you, negating her flurry penalty. She succeeded with six successes on her threaten action. In order to resist this, you need to cite one of Godwin's relevant intimacies and spend willpower in order to resist being threatened out of the fight. An intimacy that Godwin has is an eye for an eye slash judgment must be equal. At what level? Minor. Excellent. So that is enough for you to resist this influence, but you're going to need to spend willpower. And as she says this, and these words echo through Godwin's mind, he feels a pulling toward the city. He can see himself agreeing to carry the burden of two years. It's going to cost you two points of willpower instead of one to resist this influence because of the curse of Shuen Kasaga. I'll take it. Excellent. Now she's going to make another smashing attack against you, raising her Gormal high and slamming it down against you. Again, she's going to spend four motes on her excellency, and she is going to use Force of the Mountain again, which is going to cause her anima to burst out with these sharp, cutting rocks that begin to tear against Godwin's flesh, essentially raising him as he stands within the glory of her might. Is Godwin going to do anything to resist this? She's going to be rolling, I believe, 15 dice? Godwin is going to attempt to almost dance out of the way, channeling his martial arts background while whipping out his recorder at the same time. He's also going to use an additional four motes. Okay, so that will bring his up to eight this time. She is also going to spend a point of willpower for an automatic success on this roll. Oh, fuck. In case you all, in case anybody in this audience liked Godwin, I'm sorry. 
to most of you who have hated Godwin, I'm sorry. So Godwin Soak is now functionally two against this attack because of her three rollover successes, making her base damage 18 dice on this attack roll. It's withering, though. Can't kill him. Objectively cannot kill him. On 18 dice, she got four successes. She rolled about as well as Ajax did when he rolled join battle. (laughs) So Godwin goes into initiative crash as she slams down on him one more time. He hits the ground, and behind Prema, she can see the roaring bear that is Ajax's anima from the ruins off to the side. And suddenly, as Godwin hits the floor, it blinks out. Ajax's anima is gone. Godwin is at zero initiative. Prema is at 22 initiative. It is Godwin's turn. He is again prone. Ajax appears to have disappeared. He may be dead for all Godwin knows. What do you do? Play dead. Just lie there and cry. (laughs) No, um, while pinned under Prema, Godwin still manages to feebly get his recorder out with his good hand and attempts to play. So what are you trying to do with that? Godwin is going to try to make a persuade action. Okay, so in order to do that, you're going to need to cite one of Prema's intimacies, or maybe try to guess at one that she might have. What are you going to cite or guess at? Godwin is going to attempt to guess at an intimacy towards her brother. And how is he going to leverage that intimacy toward Vijay with this recorder playing on the ground? Godwin remembers some of the earlier melodies in his books when learning how to play recorder. He remembers a melody that was very simple, was an exercise for one hand, but it was a traditional ragura melody that never escaped him. And he remembers hearing that young children of the ragura clan would listen to this song and he begins to play. Excellent. So... Her resolve score is going to be six against this, which is going to be charisma plus performance, but it's going to be at a minus three penalty because of your positioning. Godwin is also going to be using haunting heart-rending melody, which allows him to inspire enemies to impede their will to fight. He gets his essence and automatic successes, and those who accept his influence have a minus three defense to attacks as long as you invoke the relevant emotion as a part of the attack. And so, actually now, instead of being a persuade action, this is an inspire action. Mm -hmm. She's going to have the same resolve. Okay. But that's just a slight thing. Okay. I will give you two bonus dice and an automatic success for the stunt. Seven successes. Her face goes dark, and she looks down at you. You can see from underneath the shadow of her form, the glowing amethyst of her eyes narrow. That's not your song to play. That's not your music. Do not insult my house and my legacy. She is going to accept your influence and therefore be at a minus three to defense against you. My story isn't yours to end, and your story isn't mine to end, and Vijay's story wasn't mine to end. We'll see about that. And Ajax's story isn't your place to end either. No, I'm afraid that that was Cessus Min's responsibility. Let's cut to Ariston and Harmonious Accord. Ariston is going to combine Thunderclap Rush Attack with Falling Hammer Strike to take some of Harmonious Accord's initiative. So Ariston is going to, after like a brief moment, his heart kind of skips 
and he feels like this anxiety go through his stomach as he just noticed that he almost fell. He leans back forward, and with his feet fully on the ground, he's ready to do this. So that will be a two-dot stunt, so you get two dice extra to this, and you get uh, an extra point of willpower if you, if you have any that you've spent but haven't regained. And are you spending any excellency dice on this? His defense is currently six. I will spend um, four excellency dice. As he does this, Harmonious Accord smiles, and as Ariston leaps towards him, he drops into a low bow, such that Ariston just swings wide over Harmonious Accord's head, and he's going to take that as a plus one bonus to his evasion, and then he's going to spend two motes, so that his defense is now eight, versus your 19 dice. Ariston got 11 successes. Taking into account your rollover successes and his soak, you're going to be rolling nine dice for damage. Ariston got three successes. Excellent. So that brings him up to one initiative. Harmonious Accord begins to bow, and Ariston leaping forward in an incredible blur is underneath him as he tries to duck underneath Ariston and drives this punch upward into Harmonious Accord's gut. And you can feel his muscles tense as he drops his stance, flies upwards a little bit, but comes down back to the ground under eddies of air that stabilize him. He cracks his neck. Not a bad shot. Not a bad shot at all. And he is actually now down to eight initiative. He smiles and his chakram floats there in the air. I suppose cat mouse is fun, but... How do you feel about music? And he claps his hands together, and an eardrum shatteringly loud cascade of sound drives itself across the battlefield. You can see little pieces of the gold flaking that isn't proper orichalcum on top of the pyramid begin to peel away and fly off. This is actually a environmental hazard that is being applied against you. So you need to roll your Stamina plus resistance at a difficulty of three. Stamina plus resistance is six. Okay, and you're at minus one because of your wounds. So five. I will also note now that Harmonious Accords initiative, because he made that attack, drops down to five. Ariston got four successes. So though Ariston is being buffeted by the power of the wind that is blowing against him, and he can feel the pressure in his head. It begins to start ringing, and he can feel his bones wanting to break. Ariston pushes down against the pyramid and is not broken. Let's cut back to Godwin and Prema, and it's the top of the round. Everybody regains five motes. Prema is still at 22 initiative, and Godwin is at zero. You had me thinking for a second that I might let you off easy. That I might, for some reason, let you live. I might drag you back for questioning or something. I think I might still do that. I think that it would be good for me to spend a little bit more time with you. To explain to you exactly the error of your ways. Before we snuff the light out of your eyes. But that's something to get to. As punishment for what you just did. I think that I'm going to break your back. And she is going to raise her gormal, Drop it flat so that she's not attacking you with one of the edges, but with the very top of it, and she's almost going to just drop it down on you. As it is the top of the round, 
and Prema has her anima flaring. I need to roll to see if Godwin takes damage from Prema's anima. And again, as the sands buffet Godwin, he can hear the sound of him agreeing to take the burden of the city. Normally, Anima Flux does one die of damage per round, but because Godwin accepted the curse, and this is stone, he takes two dice because he has inherited a vulnerability to stone as a part of the curse. Godwin takes one point of lethal damage from the Anima Flux. So Prema is going to, as she slams this into your back, use Stillness of Stone Atemi, which is going to double nines on her withering damage roll. She's not going to gain any initiative, but you will take a minus one mobility penalty for every four points of damage she does. That is going to last until the end of your next turn, or for the duration of Crash, if you're crashed. And hey, you're crashed. And again, she's going to spend two motes and a willpower in order to enhance this. She is rolling... 16 dice with an automatic success as the pendulum of the Gormal hangs over Godwin. He can hear and feel an itching of noise towards the back of his head. It scratches, and there's a whisper. You hear words. Glory, reborn, better than the first time. You can feel impressionistic images of your mother, Lucinda, and you can feel the adoration that the crowds had for her. And slowly, you can see the image of your own face becoming superimposed over that. And the roar of the crowd itself redoubles. So, you have a cult rating. You can access up to two points of temporary willpower per story that you can spend without consequence, even if you don't have any willpower. Are you going to use one of those motes or one of those points of willpower right now? Yes. Excellent. And are you going to otherwise enhance your defense? Godwin's going to use four motes. So your evasion score, because it is not impeded by your prone status because of your charm, is going to be eight. She's rolling 16 dice with an automatic success. So that is ten successes. Again, two rollovers. However, she is rolling 15 dice on this withering attack. She's not going to gain the initiative, it's just going to inflict a mobility penalty to you and drive your initiative down. That is eight points of withering damage, so Godwin drops to negative eight initiative, and until he is uncrashed, he is going to be at a minus two mobility penalty. It is now Godwin's turn. He feels the weight of the Gormal crash into his lower back. His body presses against it. It hurts immensely. She pulls it up and smiles. Now, I don't think you're going to be running anywhere now, are you? Take me in for questioning. Is that a surrender, then? I don't want our story to end just yet, Prima. And she leans down, picking the recorder out of Godwin's hand and steps on his head. Well then, looks like you lose this time. Never underestimate House Ragara again. I'll be taking Metagolopus Ridge back as well. Let's cut to Ariston and Harmonious Accord. So Harmonious Accord smiles 
shifts his footing and little eddies of wind push him out and away from Ariston, leaving Ariston closer to the edge of the pyramid than Accord was. He's going to be making a disengage action, but he's also going to flurry it as he lands on the other side of Ariston and says, Look, I know this is a lot of fun. I can tell that you're having fun. Wouldn't you like to keep having fun with me? Isn't this a good time? Don't you like having fun? And so he's trying to instill a tie toward himself in you of amusement. So first things first, he's making a disengage action. So he's rolling dex plus dodge versus your dex athletics. Okay. He again is going to get double nines on this movement action and one automatic success. And he's going to add one die to help negate his flurry penalty. So go ahead and roll your seven dice. Ariston got five successes. And here goes Accord. He got four successes. As he tries to jump away, how does Ariston keep him from leaving his range? Ariston is going to reach out and grab the top of his arm, like his bicep, and yank him back so that he does not leave the close range. And as he lands, he smiles and says, See? Fun. I'm lots and lots of fun. And he's still going to try to make that persuasion roll. What is your resolve score? A three is Ariston's resolve score. With the minus one? Oh, two. God. Two. Ariston's resolve is two. Okay. And he's going to be rolling five dice in order to persuade you. He rolled one success. So he tries to convince Ariston that this is a fun time, but is unsuccessful. How does Ariston react to that? It's all fun and games to you, isn't it? That's Mm. not smart. You do that, you lose sight of what's really important. Oh, and what's that? Well, if you have fun all the time, you forget to live, you forget to do what's right. I never forget that. That's why I don't have a lot of fun. Awesome. So it is now Ariston's turn. And if you would like to leverage that into a read intentions role... You can absolutely do that to figure out one of his intimacies that relates to this fun thing. But if you combine it with an attack, then you're at a flurry. But if you want to take a more social tack on dealing with him, that is an option. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to do a read intentions and then combine that with Vicious Lunge. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So what is your perception plus socialize? Six with the minus one. Awesome. And you are rolling against a difficulty of one. Oh, wait. It's actually three because of the flurry penalty. Okay. Oh no, that's zero successes. <laughs> you cannot get a read. All you can see is the broad, mad smile as you then leap in to do your vicious lunge. All right, so what charms are you going to be using? I'm going to be using vicious lunge, and Arison's going to spend eight motes to get his dice pool up to 14. And as he's standing in front of Harmonious Accord, looking at this smile he realizes it's giving him nothing he remembers the strength in his hands and he raises them puts his left foot back and presses ready to run so as he does this like ready to grab harmonious accord he loops around ariston had just grabbed him in the left arm and he tries to leap out using his flurries of wind to spiral around to the back of Ariston as he lunges. So his defense will be at 7, and you will get plus 2 dice to your roll. Ariston got 13 successes. Excellent. So now you get to roll your initiative 
which is currently one. And Vicious Lunge gives you a plus two or a plus three. Vicious Lunge gives Ariston plus three initiatives, so three plus one would be four. So roll four dice against a difficulty two. That's two. You successfully managed to jump in and get a clinch on him. You now need to contest your strength plus brawl versus his own strength plus martial arts. So that was seven successes on seven dice because Ariston is a monster. <laughs> He's a freak of nature, literally. Seeing this, Harmonious Accord has a slightly panicked look peel across his face. He grits his teeth and begins to try to struggle against Ariston. So he is going to spend a willpower and four motes to get one automatic success and increase his pool to 12. Surprise, 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 he also got seven successes. Since the two of them tied, that means that on the next turn, Harmonious Accord will get to break free from the grapple. But in the meantime, Ariston gets to make one move. He leapt over Ariston, and as Ariston lunged, he again managed to grab him by the leg and pulled him in tightly, like taking control of the situation. What is Ariston's move? Ariston is going to hit Harmonious Accord in the throat with just one steady punch and make him basically have to stop for a moment. Okay, awesome. So that is a savage attack, which means that you're going to roll your accuracy, which is at a minus four right now because of your flurry, but you'll get a two dot stunt for that description, or a one dot stunt for that description. You'll add two dice. You'll roll 12 dice. All right. Unless you want to boost it with excellency, but you're probably going to mess him up pretty bad either way. All right. I'll just keep it there then. Ariston got six successes. So roll 12 dice of damage against him. So we just re-roll that whole pool. Ariston got 12 successes from that roll. Okay. So Ariston got 12 successes, which means he gains 18 points of initiative and jumps up to initiative 19. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and um, Harmonious Accord drops down to negative 7 initiative. So you knock the wind out of his body as you strike at his neck. He gasps and sputters as he pulls out and coughs. And he's trying to smile, but you can see it's strained. Now, now, normally I'm the one who gets to strangle the air out of my opponent's lungs. And we're at the top of the next round. Holy shit. So we cut back and we see that Tepet Harmonious Accord is holding his own throat and Ariston stands looming over him nearby the edge of the top of the Gilded Pyramid. The noonday sun glimmers against the top of the tiles and Ariston's smash fists glint in the light. What is Ariston going to do with his round? He has 19 initiative, and Harmonious Accord is an initiative crash. Ariston is going to use Falling Hammer Strike and Ferocious Jab to make three consecutive attacks on Harmonious Accord with Hammer and Iron and Heaven Thunder Hammer. For the last attack? Yes. Okay. So describe what that looks like. You're going to be making three attacks with the last one sending him flying away. First, Ariston is, he's going to grab Harmonious Accord up from the ground and hit him, this time not in the throat, but in the, like, punch him just in the face, right by his nose, basically trying to break it. 
then he's going to do a roundhouse kick right behind where his kidneys are in the back, so the side of the back, to make him fall. Then Ariston will come and grab him and throw him as hard as he can against the pillar. Awesome. That is so, so rad. So you will get a three-dot stunt here, I will say, but you can only apply it to one of your attacks. That gives you two automatic successes and two bonus dice to one of your rolls, plus you regain two willpower, and those can take you over your temporary limit. Uh, Ariston's going to spend that on his last attack. A throw. Why would you not? So... As the attacks come landing in, Harmonious Accord is going to do his best to quickly and nimbly dodge and duck out of the way. And as Ariston comes in for his last attack, he's actually going to try to hit the ground in a roll and then launch himself to a safe distance with a gust of air. And I'm going to say that it allows him a two-dot stunt to apply to one of his defenses, probably the last one. He's also going to use a technique which allows him to negate onslaught penalties for all of these attacks, and he's going to boost his defense with excellencies for each attack. So he's going to be looking at a base defense of 7 against all of these attacks, with some potential bonuses. But Ariston is still throwing a buttload of dice, so go ahead and roll that first bucket of 16. 15. Of 15? As Ariston comes to strike with his fist into Harmonious Accord's face, Ariston only rolled five successes on this attack, so he does manage to duck underneath. He pops up, his face now brightening up, and he smiles broadly. Roll your next attack with 16 dice. What the fuck? Why am I doing so bad when it matters the most? You've been you've been kicking the hell out of him on all of your rolls I know. so far. What the fuck? I don't know what's what happening. Christ? I don't know. Ariston rolled six, which does not meet his defense. So he basically rolls sidelong out of the way as Ariston comes in with his follow-up kick. Roll your final roll. He's going to spend a willpower in addition to his stunt which is going to bring him to a defense of 10. Mm-hmm. But you have two automatic successes, and you're rolling 18 dice. You can spend a willpower for an extra automatic success. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I will do that. Awesome. Thanks, God. <laughs> Ariston lands the last attack with 12 successes. So, his onslaught penalty is currently minus 4. You are rolling 13 base initiative, and I will remind you... You can spend a willpower to gain an automatic success on this roll. Arison will spend a willpower. All right, so roll 13 dice with one automatic success. So, he slams into the pillar as Ariston drives him back. You immediately see blood begin to pour out of his mouth as he takes four automatic points of lethal damage. And his body shakes as he slams down to the base of Pillar, and I'm now going to be rolling seven dice of bashing damage on account of the distance he was flung by Ariston. Oh, <laughs> Close. So he takes an additional four levels of bashing damage as he slumps down. He is now at his minus four health level as he sighs out. And Ariston resets to base initiative, which is four. 
It's now his turn, and he shakily begins to stand from where he was at the base of the pillar. Wow. This was fun. I'm sorry, though. I'm afraid that now's the part where I make my exit, unless you'd like to join me. And he looks at Ariston quizzically with his offer, waiting for a response, but preparing to leap away. What do you mean? I mean, you're fun. I like you. The hunt. (laughs) They're boring. Primus stuffy. Min, well, too aggressive, too angry all the time. I'm looking for fun. You're fun. Let's say you, you know, like I said, I don't really care about anathema. I don't really care about whether or not you're demons. I care about getting my jollies. And well, you sound like a lot of fun. Sure, I might seem a little mercurial, but you can trust me always to follow the fun, so I'm telling you right now, you seem like a lot more fun. Cord, I don't like your kind of fun, but it's interesting, because after all this, I started to like you. But the way that I'm going to do that is let you leave alive, but I won't go with you. If you ever find me again, we'll have some fun, but for now, you're on your own. Oh, disgraced by the whole of the hunt. Interesting. I like it. I suppose that they'll have someone to report back to the aisle now anyway. I might be seeing you again soon. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And he jets himself upward on these gusts of wind and begins leaping down in these enormous bounds down these steps on the backside of the pyramid. Any final reactions from Ariston? Ariston feels not sad, but just a little bit empty. He'd never interacted with someone like that before. And he watches him leave and is almost hoping that they will see each other again soon. He sort of slumps down and just puts his hand under his shirt to the original scar and just watches. And lightning cracks through the daylight towards the increasingly distant form of Tepet Harmonious Accord. Now, won't you join us for lunch at Madame Faye's? Who are you people, and what are you doing at my table? Well, you see, I didn't have a pint of liquor, and you had a pint of liquor, so it made sense. And now we both don't have a pint of liquor, and I'm sorry. No, I don't have a pint of liquor anymore. I was enjoying that. I don't get to have it often, and this was kind of a special occasion for me, so it kind of hurts. I I would like for you to please make up for that. Do you want me to spit it out? No, I don't want you to spit it out. Oh, well, we'll, we'll buy you another another pint. So, oh, sorry about that. Here, I'll, I'll pay for one right now. Oh, thank you. As many as you want. I can afford it. I probably shouldn't go too crazy, but, you know, special occasions and all. What are you celebrating? Oh, you know, it's my first time really out here on my own. It's a uh, world of new horizons, and it looks like things are going pretty well in terms of lining up all of the, uh, lining up all the, the irons and the fire that I need to line up in order to make everything go here as smooth as possible. I think that finally I'm going to make everyone in my family proud of me. Oh, what brings you out here to Jowe? Oh, uh, you don't recognize the House Mon. I'm a representative from House Ragara. We've come to speak with uh, some of the political representatives that you have down here, as well as some potential trade partners. You know, House Ragara is itself a affluent trade house, and so we're always looking to improve our connections. And this right here lies on quite a fortuitous and wonderful trade river 
and we haven't quite reached out this far yet. We know that the Guild has had dealings here before, but we're kind of hoping to get in on some of that action, as it were. We've also, and I don't want to cause a panic, heard some reports about some interesting characters in the town recently, and I couldn't help but want to check them out. Oh, uh, what kind of interesting? You know, interesting. Oh, we don't, um, I, I personally don't know anyone in, of interest. Um, Godwin's definitely not interesting, and I don't think Ariston here is interesting either. Hey, and I'm man. definitely not interesting. Well, that I can agree to, but I think that I can spin a pretty fine story when I need to. Oh, you can. Well, prove it, I guess. I, I, you're here, you're sitting at my table, you're buying me drinks, you might as well tell me stories now. Alright, um, what, what's your name, guy? Oh, my name is Ragara Vijay. Okay, there once was a guy named Vijay. We went up to his table and said hi. I drank all his beer, and he was so mad he sneered. Um, and I just wanted to get up and say bye. That's that's the story. That's not a story. That is the lowest form of poetry. <laughs> hey, man, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> You'd like to see me try to do a limerick? Yeah, I'd love to hear one. High realm is my native tongue. It does not work well with the structure and form of limericks. All I hear are excuses, not limericks. Oh, 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 is that the case? Is that the case? <laughs> you bet it is. Did you know that the entire Immaculate Texts are structured poetically? I bet you didn't know that. There once was a guy named Ragara. He just went blah, blah, blagara. <laughs> Maybe not the best rhyme to set up with Godwin. <laughs> he, uh couldn't say a rhyme and he was wasting everyone's time and i just wanted him to go homera that's a good one <laughs> that that i think objectively is not a good one <laughs> <laughs> at least i tried okay you're gonna you're gonna push my buttons you're gonna sit here you're gonna drink you're gonna drink my beer and then you're going to insult me by telling me low poems i i'll meet you i guess i will stoop to your level there once was a glasses wearing brat his hair Looked like he'd been wearing a hat. He was really stupid, and wouldn't you noobid, get the fuck out of my table. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I was going fine there for a minute, and then I lost it. Yeah, maybe, maybe on the last couple lines. Stupid doesn't rhyme with anything. <laughs> hey, it's okay, you can always change it to, uh... Poopid? Cupid? No. What's Cupid? Who's Cupid? I don't know. What's a Cupid? Ah, uh, <laughs> I feel like I read it in a book somewhere. Okay, well, you know what? You read weird books out here. They're weird books. Talking about cupids. That's not a word. That's not a word. This is why I hate limericks. They're stupid. They're stupid poems. I'm smart, okay? I worked my way through school. I, I earned my grades. Don't look at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that? Man, you failed at poems. Gosh, you're a failure at this stuff. I'm not a water aspect. They're good at poems, okay? They're the ones who are good at poems. Failure. If failure. Failure. I this mean, guy... If water aspects are good at poems, shouldn't Ariston be pretty good? Come on, Ariston. What, he a, is kind a of limerick or, or a, or a poem? I'm not... Are you saying he's a prince of the earth? What? Are, are you... No, I just want to watch him mess up. Do it. You want me to do a limerick? Yeah. <sighs> right one about this failure. Uh, funny. Uh, the, the, <laughs> there once was a man from the sea who sat down at a place for tea. He met a cool guy name Ragara Vijay and he seemed like a good friend to me. I no nope, no nope, I that that was consistent I suppose. 
You know, when I heard yours, Mr. Vajai, I didn't think I could hear worse. But I did. I just did. And I didn't even rhyme. <laughs> but you had intention. Mine had a narrative plot, thank you very much. It was a stupid narrative plot. <laughs> it told the story of why we we're all here today. And included Mr. Vajai, as you requested, Godwin. I think Godwin requested that you make fun of him more. Okay, hold on. I have to say something now that you're talking. I'm realizing that you didn't also do one, so I think that you have to do one. Yeah, because exactly. we've all we've all already done one, so Come you have to do on. one too. Do it. Do it. There once was a guy named Ajax who didn't like poetry. No, that doesn't count. Does no. not count, Ajax. No. Look, I I'm not saying you have to like it. I said it's the lowest form of poetry. Literally, acrostic poems are better than limericks, but I did one anyway. I don't know what he just said, but I believe him. Rad. Adorable. Great. Awesome. Rambunctious. Oh, is this the one where you, like, spell out the poem Amazing. with your name? Is that what it is? Voluptuous. Oh, you can stop now. We get it. Intimidating. Nope, it's gonna keep going. Julius. Jazzy? And yummy. Judicious? Ragara Vijay. Nope, Julius. It's Julius. <laughs> That's, that's I'm not... sticking with it. I, I picture Julius and I'm sticking with it. That's not how I thought you spelled better, your name. <laughs> that is better than a limerick. An acrostic poem? An acrostic poem is better than a limerick. And you, sir, you fucked us all. <laughs> so give us an acrostic poem or you're going to be paying for everyone's drinks tonight. Amazing. You use that one. Fine. Abomination. Julius. I think the word that you're looking for is Julius. <laughs> I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. Um... Juicy. Oh, that is a good one. Ample and xenophobic. Everyone looks over at Roger of I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Xenophobic is not the best, but I'll take it. I was, I was really enjoying the picture that was being painted up until probably about the end. You liked that you were juicy. A lot of people do. It's a good quality to have as a person. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think that we've all, we've all established here that acrostic poems are objectively better than limericks and that you are all paying for my drinks this evening? No. I think, yes, you, uh, you're... I'll, I'll pay for them, Vijay, it's fine. I, I'll, I'll head up on that. Good, it's, and it's not, it's not like I'm broke. I, I, I'm, I'm not broke. I don't, need, I don't need you to pay for me. I don't need you to pay for me. But it's below me, and so you'll do it for me. Oh, uh, now I'm regretting it so much. You already agreed. <gasps> I know, but now I'm just regretting it. I gotta go and say all that stuff, man. Oh. Let's just have a good time, come on. Here's... Here's, here's an acrostic poem just to, to finish out his payment. Fetid, incorrigible, stinky human. I liked that one. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Every review really helps get the show out there to more new listeners. If you want to find us on the web, you can find us at swallowsofthesouth.com on Twitter, at Swallows of South, on Tumblr, at swallowsofthesouth.tumblr.com, and on Google+, at Swallows of the South. If you have any questions you would like answered, or would like to speak to Quinn via email, please send your messages to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. Our intro music is new by Elvis Herod, and I hope to see you next Tuesday. <laughs>